On a summer's day in the month of May, a burly bum come a-hiking. He was walking down the land through the sugar candy. He was looking for his liking. And as he strolled along, he sang a song of the land of middle can of honey. Hey there, this is the Sounds of the Trail podcast, a place where we talk about the ups, downs, and switchbacks of trail life. It's time for a hike. Where a bum can stay for many a day, and he won't need any money. I have found that telling people that I hiked from one end of the country all the way to the other is a pretty good party trick. If I want to one-up that, I tell them that I hiked it with my partner. That's when they're really impressed. Hold on a minute, they say. You did what? You hiked how far? You were together for how long? Although, now that I think about it, this might be more of a personal problem. My partner, Dirtnap, and I are, well... I suppose you you could call us easy to get along with, really flexible, and we definitely never argue. <laughs> Welcome to The Sounds of the Trail. This is episode number five, To Duo or Not to Duo, where we talk about couples and hiking. In this episode, we get to hear from three different couples of three different types and at three different points in relation to their through hike. First, we get to hear from two best friends who are currently on the Pacific Crest Trail and exploring what it means to be hiking together. Next, we get to hear from a married couple who hiked the Appalachian Trail together in 2011, reminiscing about their times together. And then finally, we'll wrap it up with hearing from myself and Dirtnap talking about our experiences on the Pacific Crest Trail last year, so it was a little bit more recent. I think it's going to be a great show. Let's get started. Hi, this is Sina from Sounds of the Trail podcast. Here I have two best friends, one with a trail name, one without. Um, we have Caitlin here and we have S&M. And before you get all 50 shades of gray on me, she'll explain what that is. Okay, so I was in Mount Laguna. It was during like the, that crazy, crazy storm that hit Mount Laguna. And apparently I walked up and I was just grinning because, you know, it's third day on the trail. Pretty amazing. And Keith's like, you're always smiling. You should be smiles, not miles. And so then it was, <laughs> and then Puppy was like, S&M. And so it was S&M for a while, S-N-M. And then we realized that I'm actually pretty big on miles. So then it became S&M. So smiles and miles. <laughs> That's awesome. And for those people that don't know who, was it Keith, right? He, yeah, Keith and, and Keith Puppy. and Puppy are the ones that work at the Mount Laguna Outfitters. So... And we have Caitlin. So what we're talking about, um, your name should be Coca Puff. Whiskey I just want to put that out there. Whiskey Nips. Whiskey Nips. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this I find interesting because I know a lot of people who start off together, but they break up or, you know, they go their separate ways. And you guys are still together. It's almost mile 400. Um, what have you guys learned so far, like, from starting together? Um, I think... Oh, let's see. You have to kind of be pretty flexible. Um, I mean, thankfully, like, we ran a business together before we started the trail, so we already kind of, like, worked out a lot of kinks of, like, how we work and, like, our different different personalities. But 
Um, the trail definitely like, I mean, for me, I'm kind of, I push a lot. So it's like, Oh, we're going to do 20 miles today. We're going to do 25 <laughs> miles today. And she's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> and then, um, I know I kind of roll out of bed and like want to get going and she likes to take an hour to, you know, have her cigarette <laughs> and enjoy life. Um, so we did have like a breakdown balling session in the desert at one bit, like, I think what mile, like 70, 70 about whether or not we were going to split up. But then, um, I sort of like wrote about how in our, in our, the, the blog that she has that I guessed in a lot, um, I was sort of like, you know, the, the phrase is hike your own hike and everyone like kind of assumes that's pace. Um, but for me, it's like, it, what if there's a lesson that you need to learn as a, and hiking with a, my best friend is teaching me how to slow down because I'm kind of a person who doesn't slow down and maybe I should learn yeah, how to do that. That's great. So, and I think it's kept me from an injury, you know, I mean, um, but definitely some days we won't hike together, but we'll meet up at like, we'll like set a camp and then. You know, I'll hike my pace, she'll hike her pace, then we'll meet up at the end of the night and have our camp time. And yeah. Yeah, it's worked out pretty great so far. So I don't know if we'll split up yet. We've been debating it still, but yeah. I don't know. It's kind of nice to have someone to meet up with you at the end of the day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what do you think, yeah. Kaylin? Um, <clears throat> I think what's most important with this is, like, that we respect each other in the long run. So even if we have disagreements, we don't um, we don't argue about them right off the bat. Because we respect each other's opinion enough to realize that there's value in yeah. each of our own thoughts. Um, which I think has really helped to keep us together, is that we value each other's opinions. And uh, otherwise, because there's the whole hike your own hike thing, and um, and our definitions of hiking are completely different, as she's already explained, you know. Um, so I think as long as you respect the person you're hiking with enough, then you'll be fine. It's still going to be really hard. It's going to be difficult. Um, but you just think of it as like a marriage, I guess, for six months. That's what I was going to bring up is because I know there are some couples that the same thing's happening, but you have to just kind of compromise a little bit. Mm -hmm. yeah. Both have to compromise a little bit. Okay, so yeah, we were talking about marriage. I know some people, their thing is about finishing it together. Do you have that still or is that... Like you said, you're still kind of debating that. I think there's there's parts I definitely want to do with her. Like, I want to do Forrester Pass with her in Mount Whitney. Um, <clears throat> we're going to our hometown in Auburn uh, about 11, 50 miles in. And so hopefully, if Kate's ahead of me, she, she mentioned she might wait. Um, because I think it would be important to finish it together. I think some alone time is okay. Um, but I don't think we'll be apart for long. Yeah, I think maybe like a maybe like a week or you know a week or two at most or yeah yeah um, because it's you know it's cool to have that experience to like know that you can do it by yourself like that you can camp by yourself and hike yeah. by yourself and you're okay be independent yeah but it gets really lonely I kind of think of hiking as like the loneliest group sport it <laughs> like, really is like, it really is yeah, I'm hiking yeah. mostly solo um, so that brings me up, uh, another point was that like afterwards as well you guys are going to be able to talk about it with each other. And if you guys have a lot of like similar experiences or shared experiences, it makes a difference. Because you hear about those people that get depressed afterwards. Uh, most people don't understand what they went through. Um, not that it's like some tra traumatizing thing, yeah, but it's yeah. beautiful. But to say that you're like in the woods, even as a day hiker, I could put myself in someone else's shoes and think like, oh, okay. okay. Like it's not anything it's not real unless you've experienced it yeah know? yeah no i think that's and after i mean like we've what we've been living together since college 
And after this, um, I like I have like I'm planning on you know kind of making my own career move, and I'll probably be moving away. So it's kind of like. Um, it's nice to know, like, you know, like you talk to your family and you're trying to explain like what you're, you know, what you're going through and they're like, oh, nice. Enjoy your nature walk. Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> you're like yeah, Don't okay. get eaten by bears. You have no <laughs> idea. <what this laughs> is, you know? So yeah, it's really great to have somebody to, you know, like, yeah, to, um, to, you know, be able to talk about this with later and, you know, 80 billion more inside jokes than we've ever had before. And <laughs> no, just, no, um, yeah, no. So it's, it's. And it's good when we, like, separate, too, and when we're together, because then when we come back together, we can talk about <clears throat> one of our shared experiences just yeah. on the trail. Yeah. Because uh, there's a lot of time of walking, and and sometimes you don't have enough to talk about. But um, we can talk about shared experiences, and then when we separate, we get to talk about our own individual experiences, which is really exciting, because there's always something to talk about that way, too. So. Yeah. Have you guys run out of things to talk about yet? Um, First week we did. The first week we did, we, um... I don't know if it was we ran out of things. I think we were just so focused on, like, listening to our bodies and hiking and, like, getting up the hill and, like, it's, you know, trying to... Yeah, the first first couple weeks. The first couple weeks are kind of rough. Um, how are your bodies holding up, like, compared to when you started? Um, everything was great until a day ago. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Yeah, I had no... No blisters? Oh, I had a few blisters, but I had, like, no muscle pain, no, like... But then my foot and shoulder started acting up the other day, so zero time mm-hmm. what about but, your foot like your tendons yeah or is it blisters no the or? tendons oh, okay. in, the, in the, my uh right foot yeah and, then and my- just so you guys know she hikes really fast she's just like zoomed past me when i saw her and it's like she even saw me <laughs> she was like <laughs> flew past me it's in the zone. Yeah. caitlin on the other hand stopped and talked and we just had it for a while <laughs> and there's our hiking yeah <laughs> i always feel bad because like when i'm hiking i'm like i'm hiking you know and i'm yeah. like oh hey what's up zone. and then Peace i keep mode. i keep going and then when i get to camp i'm like oh hey how's it you know and everyone's like oh you were that person on the trail. <laughs> it's not a bad thing. How, how many miles are you guys averaging a day? Um, we s- now that twenty. Now we're doing twenty. Is pretty yeah. Pretty. Uh, we might hold that for a week or so. Twenty is pretty comfortable because you can get to camp at like six thirty and then have two hours. Um, Kate gets to camp around four thirty, so <laughs> she's she's got some time to kill. But well, I'd we're much gonna rather, get a pack of Uno cards. I'd much rather like wait at the end of the day, like because I'm like how like take a long break or a long lunch, and I tend to take like maybe two or three breaks during the hiking day, and then like oh, okay. a quick twenty minute lunch, five minute break to grab some food, and then go. You know. Yeah. So for me, I like waiting at the end of the day when I'm like, all right, all the hard work's done, I can just hang out. Yeah. I was like, one of hiking, I'm like, oh no, I'm breaking, I gotta get hiking again. Nah. CS has killed me. Oh, siestas were so hard. Oh, when it was so hot? Hard. So hard to sit there for three hours and do nothing. <laughs> what do you guys want to do about Mojave? Um, hope if it's, it's hot. A, hope it's 75 degrees. <laughs> um, probably night hike or like early morning, or, late yeah. evening. Yeah, for, like, for a couple of days that we, we were on the trail by four and then we'd pull over by like... 11, 12, depending on how hot, and then start again at like 4, 4.30. Yeah, fortunately it's been cold. Yeah, I've been cold more often. Last night was freezing. I basically, my toes are still numbing. Like, numb, no. Anyway. Um, so what do you guys, so you're thinking probably in Wrightwood, you guys are going to split up, or shortly after? Um, that was like the debate a couple days ago, but now that my foot's being weird, I might not. I mean, it's sort of like, you know, like before, and I, I think, I think one of my big issues was that like, 
one of the big things that I didn't realize I'd be dealing with on the trail. Like, mm. I thought I'd be like, oh, fear of water and, like, oh, physical, like, you know. But I realized, like, one of my big issues on the trail was, like, getting attached to people that hike faster than yes. you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And they don't so, talk about that. They oh, man, it's the that. worst. Like, you, you get into a group and you're like, oh, yeah, this is my group. And then, like, they're five days ahead of you and you're like, I got to go faster. But really, you shouldn't. So I think I was, like, stuck on that train of thought for, like, a couple weeks and then, um, but now I'm like learning that it's okay to like hang out and, you know, go 20 miles a day. You don't have to do 25. You don't have yeah. to do 30. Like, you know. Have you done 30? No. I would like oh, to. I, at like... Least <laughs> I would like to try it Marathon at least Marathon hiker here. But, um, but now, you know, and then, but then there's so many people off the trail with injuries right now. So now I'm all like injury, like, oh no, my toe hurts. Got <laughs> <laughs> a zero, got a zero. <laughs> no. Anyway. So expectation versus reality, because I believe, Caitlin, you told me you guys did a lot of prep before this. Mm -hmm. So with having read people's blogs, I mean, that's kind of one-sided in regards to their stories. What have you guys experienced that you would tell somebody else if, you know, they're looking to do it at some point or some long-distance trail? I would say that when, like, people write in blogs <clears throat> or uh, when we tell you that we're in pain, like, it's not... <laughs> We're in pain. You know, it's not... You don't think about what that means. You're like, oh, I can deal with that, and I'll push on, and I won't get an injury. But injuries happen to people who are hiking 12 miles a day and are in fine physical condition. Or even people who are doing 30 miles a day but have trained for two years for this. So um, it's just recognizing that when you're in pain, sometimes it's something you can walk through and deal with, and sometimes you need the zero. But... When it's cold at night, you're not sleeping, and you're not happy, and you're cussing, and, uh, and it's... <laughs> a lot. It's just, that's the reality, is, like, when you're climbing up a hill and someone's like, it was a really hard hill, it's a really hard hill to climb up, you know? Yeah, we tend to not <clears throat> really say what we mean. We don't want to be the whiner. No, you don't. Right? Especially on your blog, where your family is reading it, and it's like... It was a great hike. Look at all these great views, but you don't know how you got the there. Nine blisters. The, nine, yeah. <laughs> the fact that my hip hurts because I'm walking funny because I have nine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, what about you? Um, oh man, I'm kind of like smiles and miles, like crazy positive about everything nine times out of ten. Um, I love hiking up hills. Um, I haven't had to deal with too much pain issues yet. So, I mean, for me, it's mostly like. Um, like, but even mental, I mean, were there any expectations that you had the, that you got that, rid of? That's the biggest thing I think is, is, um, is like I was talking about before is like what, what I expected to be fighting versus like what I'm actually like had issues with. And, um, bathing is a huge one. <laughs> like that's really what like, that? like not being able to take a bath, like not being able to have clean but what's clothes. what's a bath? I don't or know a shower. <laughs> it's, it's that thing where you, there's like, usually there's soap involved. Um, I know I ran out of mine a while ago and I forgot what that looks like too. But, um, no, that last five miles into Warner Springs without, like, it was the first nine days with no shower and the shower was like so close, but so far away. The worst. The worst. Um, but I think that, and I, I think that, um, I didn't realize like what a community and how attached you get to people. Like I thought, you know, I have cat, like I'm kind of like, I'm just gonna do this hike. It's pretty much, you know, but you don't realize that like, you know, you, you kind of run into somebody on the trail and you're like, Oh, Hey, and then you see him at camp and then, you know, you see him in town and pretty soon you're like good friends. And then, yeah. you know, so it, it's, it's kind of a, that's really amazing. Um, there's some being cold, I think is the crappiest part so far. 
And you guys like, are in SoCal. <laughs> I know. I know. I, we're, like, we're in Mount Laguna and we're like, we're like hiking and it's raining. The wind's blowing. We're on this ridge. And I was like, this is the effing desert. Like, what is this? Like, this is not like, and like yesterday we were walking through the woods and it's all snowy. I'm like, did I just time warp back to Wyoming? Like, am I in Wyoming right now? And I don't realize it. Like, well, that's another expectation, right? I mean, a lot of people that I spoke with that are from out of state and they've never been to California or even to Southern California, they think the desert's like the Sahara Desert. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And it should be, yeah. like, barren and with cacti and lizards yeah, yeah. running around and rattlesnakes every two flat. seconds. Yeah. It's not yeah. flat. <laughs> it's not flat and it's not warm. <laughs> no. Some days are warm, but um, we've had pretty good, pretty good cold weather. Um, what was it? Oh, food. Food is a big one. Um I, dialing in your food and water, like, I didn't think would be this tricky, because it's like, you either, like, for, when I was in Warner, or when I was in uh, Lake Marina, they did a shakedown, and they're like, okay, you're carrying way too much food, I was carrying like five days extra food than what I actually needed to get to the next (laughs) supply, so that's like extra pack weight, you know, threw it away, but then you're like, um... Oh, I'm gonna. You're like, oh, I'm gonna get hiker hunger. Well, I haven't had hiker hunger yet, and we're like on the, like the third. You know, I'm like still like hardly able to eat half my dinner. Like, you know, like. Um, well, you're probably so, eating sufficient calories, like getting sufficient calories then. Yeah, yeah. I got hiker hunger early, way earlier than I think I should have, but that's because I packed little food. Like, I just didn't have that many have enough, snacks. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't really have a lunch, so I have to pack. Like, I just have to be eating as I'm hiking, basically. Which is good. The calorie drip. That's yeah. a good. That's a good way to do it. Um, yeah. So, but then you know, then I like get to Big Bear Lake, and I'm like doing 18 miles on one granola bar because I underpacked. Because Aww. I'm like, oh yeah, like every, my each resupply box. I'm like, oh, this is way too much food, so I'm constantly ditching food. Yeah. But then I'm like, oh, I have too much, and now this time it's like, oh, now I have, I still have too much food this time. So like trying to get it so that you're like showing up to town with like the exact right amount of food, and you, you know, so it's hard to dial that in, and you know, that's a that's a reality that I didn't realize. I thought you'd just be carrying food like all the time, and. But I'm also, like, really weight conscious. I'm always, like, I have this two-pound... Oh, I'm trying to learn Korean, so I'm, like, sending oh, okay. myself, like, oh, language okay. chapters of a language book. Oh, that's great. <laughs> well, you're actually busy hiking. Like, yeah. hiking's a very busy chore. <laughs> so now I have, like, two pounds of Korean language book paper that I have to send home. Do you really? Yeah, that I'm, like, I haven't even touched <laughs> it since, you know. And so. your pack is really light. I'm actually jealous <laughs> of that. Um, what about you, expectation-wise? Like, even with food, is it kind of the same thing as her... Um, yeah, I, I kept reading that you could resupply out of hiker boxes, and I didn't think that would be appropriate, and I was also concerned about nutrition, um, so I spent a ton of money on food before trail to send to myself, um, and everyone's like, oh, you get tired of it, and it's like, oh, I'll make 20 different kinds of meals, so I will never get tired of it, but I'm tired of it, <laughs> and, and I no longer have that money, and I have to eat out of my box, and I could have saved money by eating out of hiker boxes, because some people, like, their moms make them dehydrated meals yeah. of, like, pork and, like... Some amazing meals. Oh, yeah, and now I feel like a, a schmuck for, like, packing oatmeal. <laughs> so, um... Did you send yourself the same thing in every box? No, every box is different. Okay. Um, but it's all basically the same. Yeah, because right? some people do that, and they get super bored of their food, like, immediately, and then every box after that is just basically into the hiker box. Yeah, exactly. Um, which is fine. It's, it hurts you when you know you spent that money, but if you can change out, like throw something in the hiker box and take something out, then then that kind of makes sense, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And what was the blog that you guys do, just so people can <clears throat> It's called tabs. hellawalking.blogspot.com. So hella, WordPress. H-E-L-O, WordPress? Yeah, it's WordPress. Hellawalking.wordpress.com. So H-E-L-L-A, walking. 
That's W A L K I N G. <laughs> just, period. just think. Period. W-O-R-D. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure people know how to spell. Okay, great. And there we have it. We're gonna get into Wrightwood now. Hopefully, we get um, pancakes. Pancakes, <laughs> eggs. I want coffee. I go stoveless, so I always crave coffee. Hot, hot coffee. All right, here we go. And there we have it. Sounds of the trail. Sign it out. Hey, this is Kim Chi with Sounds of the Trail, and I am at Trail Days in Damascus, Virginia. I'm sitting here with Stan and Fran. <laughs> they, hiked, they hiked the trail back in... 2011. We were so All right, so you guys were married before you started hiking the trail. Yes. Yes. Yeah, we've been married for like three or four Two or three, three or four years. Yeah, before we went on the trail. Yeah. Wow. So how long, I mean, I'm bad at math. How long have you guys been married now? Oh, wow. It's been, what, eight years? Seven years Seven. we've been married. Yeah. We've been together eight, eight almost years. nine years. Nine years. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, almost a decade. So, <clears throat> and he just kissed her on the shoulder. Nobody can see that, but I saw it. So obviously, <laughs> obviously the trail made you guys closer. You know, you could say that. You, you, yeah, when you, you roll that. over in the morning and you're still right next to that person, you're like, or you, you get in a fight and you're like so angry at each other all day, and you have to confront each other before you go to bed because there's absolutely no Nobody other else. possible. No you just have to confront each other before you go to bed. Yeah. And it's 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 a nice mental still, setting where you, where you can't get away from anything, so you're forced to deal with any kind of little. Thing that turns into a big plus case. <laughs> yes, that's very possible. Yeah, like you know, we didn't we didn't have enough you know pressure in our marriage, so we're like we're gonna go on the AT, you know, and just like completely put all kinds of pressure on our marriage and see how it comes out. <laughs> and let's we did that. It, let's bring it down to the primitive yeah, level. And yeah, we're right where we just end up clubbing each other to death, and we're just gonna <laughs> see who survives this thing. <laughs> Heck yeah. They I both survived. Yeah, I came out on top, but I let him live. <laughs> she does. She so, lets me live. Right. So we, we it was tough. <laughs> That's all I could say about it. It was really tough. So, yeah. I, I mean, you guys, obviously, you're not like, you're not on the trail right now. You have like no. a kind of, I guess, a quote unquote normal life, but you're at trail days. What brought you guys, what brought you guys back to trail days after, after what, six years, right? Oh, we come back every year. Yeah, every year. People. Yeah, we come back every year. Uh, yeah. just, it's a good time, you know. You, after, after you do the trail, you you, all, you try to find somebody that you can relate to yeah. because there's not a lot of people in the real world that have any clue of what, you know. They're like, oh, that's nice. How many miles is that? Four or five hundred miles? Uh, or then you got the ones that think, like, you walk to South America or something. Like, you, you can't find anybody that can equally relate to what you're doing. It's true. So you it's come back here. It's like war, you know? Like, oh, it is. Unless you've done it, you don't really, you can't really explain how it is. You know what I mean? Like, you can't just, you can tell them exactly how things go, but to, to really know the impact of how it really impacted you, that's hard to explain in the real world. Yeah, that's hard to explain. So where do you guys, where do you guys live now, and what do you guys do now? Really? Should we tell them the truth? Sure, yeah. <laughs> we, we live in uh, Pennsylvania. That's where I'm from. Oh, really? Absolutely. Where? I'm from Philly. Oh, yeah, we're... We're okay. From, we're from Benton. We've got 600 people in town. Yeah, tiny little town in Benton. Okay, so what are you guys doing there? Well, um, we, we have a son that we're raising. Um, I, I work construction, and she's the marketing director at the credit union. Nice. 
Yeah, real life jobs, you know, boring. <laughs> I don't know why you would say that. You have a very strong and amazing marriage, and obviously you're raising a son, and you probably own your own house, and you live around only 600 people, and life is probably pretty good. Wow, yeah. You can't complain. How, wow, how good is she, really? I'm just really happy I've got a faucet where I can get water yeah. at. <laughs> And it's for like that flushes. Yeah, live yeah. in Pennsylvania and I don't have to walk a half a mile to get water. Are you sure you guys don't miss pooping in a hole that you dug or? You know what I actually do? I miss that. That'll go away once you get up north. There's privies everywhere. <laughs> there are privies here too. But I miss that. I miss where if you need it, you can just, right there, you know, and you don't have to go find your toilet. The little things, the food. You miss the trail food? I do. Hold on a second. This is kind of a big deal because trail food, I think, is uh, probably one of the worst things ever. But it's horrible, but it's, it becomes comfort food when you've done it for like five, six months. You know, it becomes comfort food. And before you know it, you're cooking it at home. You're like, why am I cooking this? Ramen with bacon bits. <laughs> so you guys essentially drove, I'm guessing it's like at least four hours to get down here? About seven and a half. Seven and a half hours. Okay, so you guys drove seven and a half hours to get down here, and you do it every single year, and you have to find someone to watch your kid. So, well, this we, is the first year, the but first I've, year. I've got very, very accommodating parents. Yes, yes. Okay. They want to corrupt him, so yeah. it's, it's they, an equal love they, and hate relationship. My parents yeah. gave me the curse that they wish I had two just like me, um, so... Yeah. <laughs> and I've heard about how he was... It's finally, it's finally so. coming back to bite them in the butt. <laughs> yeah, because they're watching him now. <laughs> <laughs> they just kissed. I mean, this is, like, seriously really nice to witness something like this. Um, so they drove... They, they drove seven, seven and a half hours to get down here, and they do it every single year. Uh, they miss trail food. Yeah. <laughs> they miss the people. Yes, we do. The people are awesome. They are. They it's really, there's, uh, not there's, not, there's People aren't, aren't like this out in the real world. I just can't explain it. Yeah. There's a whole different mentality. And most people don't even know their neighbors. Look around here, you know, you got... That. Yeah, Probably everyone's a neighbor. Five or cool. six hundred hikers that came together for one goal. You know, yeah. they're all walking the same direction, the same path in life right now. Yeah, and they all, it's, I don't know, it's like they all have that same mentality. I'm not sure how to explain that, right? Yeah. There's some crazies mentality. out there, but generally they're really good people. It takes all kinds. What do you guys think is the best thing that you took from the trail? And that, something that you think about probably every day. Okay, when I broke down, because <laughs> there's this time when you break down on the trail. <laughs> say determination. I think I think that's probably my my best thing that I've brought from the trail. Yeah. It's just to realize that you get something accomplished. It doesn't matter how insurmountable it seems. You can just do it. You just gotta set your mind to it. Yeah, that's true. That's that's a, that's a good one. <laughs> what about you? You're the princess warrior over here. What do you got going on? Oh man. Um, you know. It's weird. It's like you hear people's voices in your head. Okay, I know it sounds crazy. Oh no, I know what I mean. <laughs> but when I'm when you're determined and you're you're like breaking down and you can't do it no more, you're like, this is it, I'm done. You hear I hear like my mom's voice telling me, you know, you've got to finish this. Nothing in, in good in life you you know is easy. You know, and then and then my sister going, you never finish anything. And I'm like, well, screw that. I'm going to keep going. You know? <laughs> but for sure. some reason, when you have something in your mind and you're on the trail, you have no interruptions. So you deal with it. You know, you have to deal with that thought and that process. And you, 
and it's really neat. I took that um, home with me, and I'm able to deal with my emotional process now a lot easier than I used to. Yeah, and that's really cool. That's really cool. I've never been able to do that. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I'm really excited to talk to both of you because, I mean, this is my second through hike. Is I did the PCT last year. Uh, okay, cool. Oh, you're on your way to be a triple crowner, aren't yeah. you? But I also, I mean, I guess in my life, I wish I had a partner. And you guys did this together as partners. No, you don't, honey. Oh, no. uh, yeah. <laughs> I saw you kiss. I saw him kiss your shoulder. It is not. It's, You're both so you, strong together. Yeah, it's so it's good easy. to see both of you. Of course, nothing good is worth. Really? Was the trail know, easy? Right, right, right. You're right. Hello. That's what I was just saying. Yeah, it's true. But I don't know. Is there anything either one of you want to say before we end this? I mean, it's nice to meet both of you. I'm glad you're both here. Just enjoy yourself. Have a, have a good hike. <laughs> and you? Out there. Well, thanks for taking such an interest in something that's so interesting that most people don't know about. You know, I hope you spread the word about it. It's really cool. You're talking to a bunch of people probably right now. So <laughs> Go give it a try, guys. If you've never tried hiking the AT. At least, read, at least spend a week outside in the yes. woods. Just spend one, un, or one uninterrupted week in the yes. woods a year. And I'll tell you what, it gives you a good mental reset. Yes, mental reset for darn sure. You owe it to yourself for sure. Yeah, go out there. Don't be in the real world tonight. Stan and friend coming right from their mouths. And they kiss each other on the shoulders and on the mouth. This is Kim Chi and I'm out. Before we get started on the last interview between me and Dirtnap, I just wanted to let you all know that uh, I did this interview when I was getting ready for the podcast as practice with recording audio and interviewing people. So some of the editing is a little bit weird. Um, it shouldn't be too distracting. I hope you'll keep tuning on in. Why did you decide to hike the PCT? Um, I thought that we would surely break up if I didn't. How much do you think that played into your decision, like, percent-wise? It's interesting because I was worried about going on the PCT with you that it would cause us to break up. But I guess I was more <laughs> sure that um, if I didn't go, that we would break up. And I felt like I had just made this big move. I should give it more than three months or two months or whatever. Three months at the time. Did was, you feel coerced? Not at all. I didn't feel coerced at all. But I, you know, I was struggling because I, I honestly, at the time, I didn't know if I wanted to do that with you. Like, I didn't know how it would turn out. I was, and I was worried that it was going to be quarrelsome. I mean, our time together was pretty quarrelsome before the, the trip. That was a bad stretch for us. It's funny, when I talk to people about hiking on the trail and I bring up the fact that I did the whole thing with a partner... People are like, wow, and you guys, you guys made it through. I just don't know if I could have, could have spent all day with somebody. And I usually tell them that I found it to be much simpler than everyday life for the same reasons that through hiking is simpler in all respects. It, it really stripped out a lot of the extraneous things and, and made it easier to kind of come together on things. Yeah, I felt similarly. Um, it also helped that we were exhausted. Mm. Not you enough know, energy. Time was spent either walking, eating, preparing camp, or sleeping. Yeah, your time was taken up. And, you know, the the fact that, you're right, we didn't have so many cross-purposes. Especially before the trail, you and I were on very different schedules, doing very different things. 
Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised at how easy it was to be on the trail together. I do remember, I think it was about 100 miles in, that we got in a fight about something extremely insignificant. I think it was the name of a flower. Yeah, you accused me. <laughs> yeah, you accused me of things too. Anyhow, the the point isn't the subject of the fight. The the point that I was getting at no, was that we had this had this argument, and I remember just being so angry with you and hiking off in this giant huff. But I could only keep up that kind of a pace for maybe half a mile before I was too tired to keep hiking that fast. You kept going for a while. And you caught up with me. Yeah. By that time, I was too tired to still be angry with you and do, <laughs> figured it, it was a lot less work to just sort of get over it. Yeah, in general, I mean, it, the experience I had was that it was a lot less work to not be upset, angry, pissy, sort of just accepted that we were going to do this thing together. So if you're going to do it together, just don't be angry, don't be in a bad mood. One thing I remember from right before we started, it must have been a day or two before we left home, was you sort of like sitting me down and talking about how in mountaineering, one of the things that you recall being very important was to treat all of your uh, like travel buddies, your fellow mountaineers with respect and that that manners were actually far more important in the back country than in the front country, and that to always remember to say pleases and thank yous, and and to not take the the niceties for granted, and that was definitely something I kept in mind the whole trip, with mm. with varying levels of effectiveness, I'm sure, and how that transferred. But that was something I remember the whole trip, and and tried to keep in mind. Yeah, I, um, on I think the Knoll trip that I went on, that was stressed. Especially because, yeah, I mean, same same situation, except the Knowles. The PCT, there was a lot more individuality. You know, a lot of people went out by themselves and had their own tent, whereas the Knowles group were carrying group gear, group food, were sleeping in a tent with three or four strangers, and were cooking, were making meal choices together. So it was stressed that, look, you know, <laughs> it's going to be hard. Days are going to be rough. Or at least around the dinner table, be polite, you know. Please, thank you. Please pass the salt. Please pass the salt. Thank you for cooking. Thank you for doing the dishes. I mean, all that stuff is work, and, you know, you're tired. We were tired every day. Yeah. We were definitely tired every day. The other thing about being tired is that sometimes the only thing worse than being together is being apart. Do you remember that time when we got separated? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was probably... One of the worst days, or wasn't the whole day, it was a portion of a day. Probably the worst hour of the six months. I think so. It was by far the most stressful. Most stressful hour, yeah. Yeah. I think when we hiked, we typically stayed, I don't know, eye distance from each other? Usually within within view? Yeah, within view or within a few minutes. You know, the trail, sometimes you couldn't see very far. So even if I couldn't see you, I knew that you were a minute or two behind. I think one of the reasons for that was because we shared gear, so you didn't want to be too far away from the, the poop kit. Did, gotta share, keep, did share the poop kit, yeah. Gotta keep your toilet paper in hand, or at least uh, somewhat accessible. Also, I mean, I felt, I'm sure you did too, a responsibility to look out for you. And it was, you know, totally irrational that I would worry about you if I couldn't see you for five minutes. But There it is. Yeah, we were 
They're together, so I felt like we should take care of each other. Or look, at least look out. Did we ever discuss that before the trail? No, we didn't. And I recall um, being a, a, upset with you a few times because you would go somewhere and you would walk away without us discussing where you were going. And even if it was something very obvious, like you were just going to walk down the trail, I would come out of the bathroom and you would be gone. And of course, it's obvious that you went down the trail, but did you go down the trail or did you go somewhere else? And I feel like it's something that we didn't discuss, which we should have, that like when somebody goes somewhere, you you say, hey, I'm just going to go down the trail. And I don't know if you noticed that I did that. I tried to be really explicit with you. No, I, I didn't notice. And I don't recall noticing that I didn't return that to you. It was just something I... I completely didn't notice. Yeah, I'm, sh- I'm sure it was which, something you didn't Which notice. led to how we got separated in the first place. <laughs> we had just hit 1,000 miles that day. We had just passed Yosemite. the yeah. 1,000 miles, and it looked like we were going to get rained on, and we just left Yosemite, so that was sort of a bummer feeling. I don't know. It's like, gosh, we're, we're done. We're done with the High Sierra. Yeah, I guess, I mean, I was, I was a little excited because I didn't know exactly what would happen after... Yosemite. I knew that eventually we'd be getting out of the granite into into something else, but I didn't know how that transition would go. I think that point in the trail was also we were nearing the height of my neuroticism. If you were to graph my total levels of neuroticism, I think that was a fairly high point during the trail and just getting really obsessed over making miles and going, 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 going. And it was leading to a lot of friction between us because that wasn't a shared sentiment. That was my own personal psychosis yeah there were a couple of difficult days before it where we were dealing with bugs frustrating fishing scenarios not enough food spilled dinner not enough food this was the longest um period between resupplies too that we'd ever did yeah and we resupplied a little low at tuolumne meadows so there was a bunch of other stresses going on that led up to this particular moment anyhow i was hiking in front and really just pushing myself on the miles, and and we had a little bit of a discussion over that at one point during the day, and I realized I needed to, to relax a little bit, and so I was still hiking in front, but we passed a little waterfall, so I stopped to look at it. Well, I mean, we can back this up a little further, and there was a really interesting outcrop uh-huh. of scarn. There's, <laughs> there's, Something geologically obscure. There's this really cool um, outcrop of rock that the trail actually blasted right through. And I knew that I was like taking a long time because I, I was behind you at this point and you didn't know that I had stopped, but I knew that I was taking a long time, but there was cool rocks and I was like breaking rocks and hoping that, you know, I'd find a cool specimen. So I was pretty excited about it. And I like, you know, I could feel the time going by five minutes, 10 minutes, yada, yada, yada. And I know that like, you don't know where I am. You're ahead of me. So I was, I was feeling conflicted. Like I just want to <laughs> hang out here for a little longer, but I know Gwen is ahead of me and this is a bad situation anyway. So by the time I finally pulled myself away, you had already started to come back looking for me because you thought something had happened. Well, I had actually stopped ahead of to look at a whole bunch of like bare scratchings on trees, these giant claw marks across the trees, and, and then all of a sudden you were gone. Yeah. <laughs> and I was neurotic, so <laughs> this was a, a bad week for me. I remember that being really hard. Anyway, so that was the setup. I, I was lagging behind. You came back to get me. We hike on a little bit, and again, I stopped to take a picture. Gwen walked on ahead, and 
I recall the falls. I know exactly what you were talking about, but I sort of blew past these falls thinking that, oh, now I have to catch up with Gwen again. Meanwhile, Gwen had stepped off the trail to investigate these falls. <laughs> and um, I was unaware of that. Blew by the falls, was hiking really fast because I didn't see Gwen. And I was thinking, wow, I should have caught up with her by now. And this went on for a very long time, this sort of feeling of, geez, I should have caught up with her. I'm hiking really fast. She probably, if she was in front of me, would have stopped by now to see where I am. Or maybe she's just in a hurry and, and isn't stopping. Meanwhile, I was behind you and I had wanted to go look at these falls, but I was afraid you would walk past and not see me. So I I had actually walked to the falls for maybe a minute before I walked back to wait for you. And I I think you were a lot closer behind me than you thought I was, which was part of the problem. I came back from, you know, just a minute looking at the falls and then I waited and waited and waited and waited and I was like, gosh, like he should have he should have caught up with me by now. And I started to get really worried that you had left already and then gone ahead. And so that's when I started my Sherlock Holmes footprint investigation to see if I could uh, find your footprints on the trail ahead of me to see if you'd gone ahead or if I should keep waiting and go back. Because at that point, I didn't know if I should go backwards or forwards or just stay put, and I had to make a decision. I was in the same boat, yeah. You could make an argument for for each one, you know? There was no... You had very little information, and I was also trying to sleuth and look for your footprints, which, you know, is some, is a habit that I had been in for the whole trail and you as well, you know, looking for each other's footprints. And I would not see your footprints and then swear that, you know, cause the XR missions had this distinctive sort of line in the heel. And then I would swear that I would like see that heel print and be like, okay, so she is still ahead. And it turns out that I should have trusted my instinct that I didn't see your footprints and, and know that you weren't ahead, but. I kept pushing myself ahead and ahead and ahead, thinking, gosh, you know, she is ahead. I guess I don't, yeah. I don't really know what would have been the right thing to do, except Well, behind you, I remember feeling really frustrated with your sleuthing abilities because it had actually rained a little bit earlier that day, and so there weren't as many footprints on the trail as normal. And so I was pretty convinced that I was behind you and could see your footprints. My biggest misgiving was not that I had identified you know, Merrill Moab ventilator tracks, my biggest concern was that it was a popular shoe and that maybe I was following the wrong set. I was like, maybe maybe this isn't Dirt Nap wearing yeah. Merrill Moab ventilators, but I know these are the right tracks. And so I sort of alternated between like running to try and catch up, just being convinced you're ahead of me, and then I would doubt myself, and then I would like yell for a while, mm-hmm. and then I would walk really slow, and then I would run again. Yeah. Well, the saving grace is that we had discussed earlier in the day that there was a long section um, towards the end of the day without water. So we both knew that there was this one one or two streams, and then there would be a seven or eight, I forget how many mile stretch, where there was limited water. So I got to that point and didn't see you, and I dropped my pack, and I knew that you should have been there waiting for me. I still ran up the trail a little more just to see. Because I was like, man, she's either like, she must be really pissed off at me. This whole time I was thinking, like, why is she being such a bitch and not waiting for me? Like, she she must be really angry with me or something like that. And sort of, like, struggling with, 
angry at you, but also like deeply concerned that um, this isn't right, this isn't good sort of thing. Like, we have to find each other. By the time I was getting close to the water, I was pretty sure that I would find you there, because I knew that you wouldn't just go on past that water, because we had talked about that, and I think that was probably the only thing that kept me from completely losing it, is that I had this sort of target to aim for. And I don't know if we hadn't discussed that, if I I might have just stopped eventually. Knock on, yeah, if we didn't both yeah. know. Which would have been bad. <laughs> Which would have been bad. <laughs> but I had the tarp, so and yeah. a water filter. I probably would have. I probably would have camped at a water source. But at this at this point, you know, I was thinking like, okay, I'm gonna go to this water source, and then whether he's there or not, I'm stopping. That's the most logical place for him to come look for me. Yeah. Hopefully, he's there, and I don't have to make that decision. <laughs> and you were, you mm-hmm. were there. Yeah, I mean, as soon as, like, you, like, the uncertainty comes into your mind, you know, you get all these wild fantasies, mountain lions, weird hunters in the woods, gremlins. A sprained ankle. A sprained ankle, yeah. I was definitely, I was pretty panicked when I got to the water source. I dropped my pack, wrote you a shitty note, and ran up trail, and then I was just too exhausted to run <laughs> and walked back. <laughs> I think we covered more, I think we did almost three and a half miles in that hour that we were separated, which was like the one of the fastest miles we did the entire trip. Yeah. I was booking it. I was like, where is she? Why isn't she stopping? Man, I better hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that was getting lost. That was getting lost. Um, so after that, we, we agreed that anytime any one of us is going to step off the trail, that you had to make sure to leave your pack on the side of the trail or at least some trekking poles. Yeah, I remember once you left trekking poles and I almost walked right over them and kept going. <laughs> I was like, ah, idiot. It's a trekking pole. So. We, we didn't have any more problems after that. If you had to give advice to other couples who are hiking the trail or even just partnerships, what do you think you would tell them? I guess I would say that if you've decided to do it together, you're going to do it together. Let that be an end and figure out whatever needs to be figured out along the way. So sort of like, why are you hiking the Pacific Crest Trail? You just don't evaluate that every day because if you evaluated it every day, it would drive you nuts. Like, why am I doing this with this certain person? You don't want to evaluate that every day. You just want to decide (laughs) that you're doing it and then, you know, do it, you know, for the PCT, that means walking the miles for being in a relationship. That means treating your partner with respect, finding compromise, hiking those extra miles at night, or staying at a lake a couple miles earlier, whatever the tension between you and your partner is going to be, because there is going to be tension. Um, there's no way for you to not have that, I don't think. Yeah, you've decided to do it together, so you just do the work necessary to to make it happen. One thing I, I was just thinking about is I was remembering our friends Seahawk and Bumblebee. And uh, Seahawk and Bumblebee did not know each other before the trail. They actually met on trail and ended up just liking hiking together. And they ended up hiking together all the way to the end. And I think we were maybe two days away from hitting the Northern Monument. And we were talking to Seahawk about, you know, hiking with somebody else and, and what that is. And Seahawk was talking about how uh, Bumblebee is, is a lot more particular about her camping sites and... and really needs a flat spot for her to sleep on comfortably 
more than he does. I mean, he doesn't feel like it's as important. And so he just got in the habit of always letting her pick pick the first campsite in whatever place they decided to set up for the night. And they said about nine days out of every ten, she would pick the first spot. And then on the tenth day, she would start feeling guilty. And she would say, no, no, no. I always pick the first spot. You have to pick the first spot. And then he would pick the first spot. And then she would be slightly to the side. Her feet would be too high. And the next day, she would go back to taking the first spot again. Which which proceeded for the whole thing, but they each found their their funny ways to give and take, and and what's not a problem for you might be really important to your partner, and and that's not a big deal to to let them have that sometimes, and then something you find important is going to be maybe not so important to your partner. I mean, those are the easy ones when it's not important to you, but it's important to your partner. The hard ones are when it's important <laughs> to you and it's important <laughs> to your partner, and you just so happen to have different opinions on the matter. Which you and I encountered quite frequently. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. We're always in perfect (laughs) perfect agreement. One of the other things that came up with hiking in a partnership was the division of labor and, I guess, equipment. Yeah. What about it? (laughs) I think think you washed the dinner pot uh, 90% of the nights that we were out there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I hope you don't still resent me for that. Nope. I know that your hands get cold and you're more sensitive to that. What did, what did, where did I slack off that you picked up the slack? I tried to do more of the tarp setting up and taking yeah. down. There were more nights when you set up the tarp alone than I set up the tarp alone. I guess I was, I was the, sh- the chef. I, I did more of the cooking and you did more of the homemaking. Yeah, the shelter work. I tried to blow up your uh, Neo Air every once in a while. I was very appreciative. Says Buckeye. Just to just to assuage my guilt for yeah. for never doing the dishes. The couple nights that we spent with Buckeye, every night when it was time to blow up the new air, he would he would look at me and say, "Worst part of the day," <laughs> and then you know, do it in twenty seven breaths or whatever. I think that was me. Those twenty seven breaths. I think he Buckeye was. Buckeye was like thirteen. Yeah. <laughs> but with Sarah, I think our friend she was Sarah in was like forties, wasn't she? Yeah. She had a big Agnes, big Agnes though. Yeah. They're a little bigger. I think our our packs weighed about the same. So yeah. I ended up carrying the tarp and the net tent. Then you carried the ground cloth and the cook set and the first aid kit. The spikes sometimes? The, um... I carried the spikes for most of it, but you carried them for a little while. And then, in general, I carried the poop kit. And then I carried the water filter at first. Or you did. I forget. Eventually we had two of them, so it didn't really matter. Yeah. Other group gear? I think the water filter was the only piece of group gear that we ended up deciding that we each wanted our own. You know, I think that was just our reaction to how slow the water pumping was going towards the end of the desert section. And a little bit in the Sierras. Yeah. But yeah, we really clogged up one of those filters. Just because we had to put so much water through it. <laughs> and and up from poor sources, too. Yeah, when there's giant floaties and you're pumping 16 liters. Yeah. So yeah, we tried to do a fairly even split of group gear down the line. In general, like, group gear is not the heaviest food. You know, there's no way around it. Your food is the (laughs) The heaviest heaviest. thing. That's Um, true. Some people have extremely light cook sets. Ours, you know, was a little heavier, but still pretty light. The cook set was nothing compared to... Yeah. However many days of food. And then, of course, your personal water, which we 
did some pretty significant hauling of water, and we when we did, we tried to be fairly even as well. Yeah. I think our very biggest water haul, you ended up carrying almost two liters more than me at the very outset, just because of how our water bottles worked. Like, we, yeah. we couldn't divide it up any further. Yeah. We but just we... went to capacity, and I had I happened to have a six-liter dromedary. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you have any last words of advice or warning for fellow thru-hikers? Thru-hiking couples, or just in general? Just in general. You know, I remember Teal and Tess were a couple that started the trail, but had physical difficulties. Tess was having knee issues and motivational issues. And Teal, one day when we were in Bishop, after Tess had sort of come off the trail, pulled me aside and was talking about, you know, me and you and, and how we get along and sort of the difficulties of of the couple trip. And I guess, I don't know where I'm going with this, to be honest. He He was talking about these few moments where you know, you have your own to deal with. Like, yeah. You have your own pain and you have your own suffering. And there are these moments when you just can't deal with somebody else's. And it can be a very slight thing, a small complaint or a small something from your partner. And you just feel like it's too much to bear. Like, damn, I am, I don't, I don't have it. I don't have the, the emotional reserve to deal with my own and somebody else's, so to speak, right? Which is interesting because, like, a partnership, you should be able to rely on each other for support. And, you know, if somebody's hurting, you should be able to be like, yeah, I'll take extra weight and stuff like that. That's a, that would be an ideal partnership. Whereas I feel like a lot of, a lot of the trail or part of the trail, you're in this sort of realm of sub ideal partnerships where you're just trying to deal with your own issues and you don't have enough space for somebody else's issues. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It really is almost as much as you can bear some days, and you don't have that emotional capacity to give to somebody else. I don't know, I think there were definitely days where we weren't able to aid each other, but we just were sort of in like a shared mutual misery, Yeah. and just made that work. And just like the counterpoint to the, the shared misery was all the beautiful moments that we did have together, and the beautiful sunrises we both got to see together, and the beautiful lakes we got to swim in together, and, and just the shared experience of being together. And having that much time to be with somebody else. I found it was a really comfortable way to be together where I could usually see you or hear you, but I was also in a lot of ways on my own, just hiking. Yeah. We didn't really talk while we hiked. We didn't, yeah. We were mostly in our own mental spaces hiking. Um, and that's just because it's sort of difficult to carry on a conversation while you're hiking. In a way, like, that's one of the, the best things about the PCT I felt was having whole days that you could just be sort of in your own mental space, totally unconstrained thought, you know, free thought, which for better or for worse, there are a lot of things that you don't get outside of the trail, but that's one of them. Your yeah. thought, your thought is, you know, for 40 hours a week, it's not yours. Your thought is, is being paid for by somebody else. Yeah. At least. So one of the luxuries. Well, I'm glad we hiked it together. I am too. Like I said, I don't think I would have if, if it wasn't for you, even though it's something that I, you know, I've been thinking about for a long time. You were a big support for me for a couple tough times on the trail, and, you know, good company the rest. At least most of the time. At least most of the time. All right. Well, thanks for coming on the show. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. All right. Talk about ventilation. <laughs> should we talk about ventilation really quick? Maybe we should hit on ventilation, because this is a very important point for couples. <laughs> the tarp. <laughs> <laughs> 
So a little quick backdrop to the ventilation issue. So we used for our shelter a railway tarp, and the railway tarp is a kit that you have to sew yourself, and it's designed by an ultralight backpacker by the name of Ray Jardine. And I highly recommend his stuff. But he has this book where he talks about the tarp. He has a whole book on the tarp. It's like 200-something pages. And the main point that he keeps hammering of the benefits with the tarp is that it's ventilated. The idea being, in the book, ostensibly, that it reduces condensation and keeps you drier and warmer than a more enclosed shelter. But what we quickly found out (laughs) was eating trail food... (laughs) Has serious digestive issues. Especially textured vegetable protein, <laughs> TVP. With with olfactory consequences, you might say. And and the running joke for most of the trail was that what actually happened was Ray's partner, Jenny, just got tired of his farts stinking up the tent. And that that's why they needed the ventilation. That was the ventilation, which he espoused. Another point for couples would be having individual sleep sleeping bags or oh, sleeping right. uh, sleeping kits, so you don't have to smell. You don't have to be Dutch oven by your partner's farts. <laughs> we met two couples who shared had a shared sleeping quilt, and neither of them recommended it. Yeah, I think I tried to talk you into it before we left, and you you hands down vetoed that one. I totally vetoed it, but not for the reasons it seemed like it was most unappealing. My thought was more of like a safety survival. If for whatever reason we do get separated, we should at least both be able to spend the night comfortably, you know, safely. And, you know, unless you're in an especially compatible, you know, thermal relationship, men and women (laughs) seem to sleep from our experience at, at different temperatures and Gizmo and myself are no different. I think we would have been kind of miserable. Yeah. Well, I probably would have been the same where I wore like three times as many clothes to bed as you did. Mm-hmm. Because I think our sleeping bags were rated about the same. Yeah. Anyhow, on that note, proper ventilation is the key for couples. Yeah, keep your farts to yourself <laughs> in your own bag or quilt or whatever. All right. Thanks, Dirt Nap. You're welcome. Well, that wraps us up for another episode of Sounds of the Trail. Thanks again for tuning in. I just wanted to give a big shout out of thanks once again to our collaborators, Sina and Kimchi, who are doing this while they're hiking the Pacific Crest Trail and the Appalachian Trail, which is a lot of work. And I know that they're really helping me out and putting the extra effort in at the end of a couple days to get these audio files to me. And I really appreciate it. And I hope you guys do too. And on that note, um, if you haven't checked us out at our website, it's www.soundsofthetrail.com. And once again, we'd love to hear from you in the comments. And if you feel like helping us out, you should go on over to iTunes and give us a review on the podcast because we still do not have a single review for Sounds of the Trail, and I'd really appreciate it. So if you're getting anything out of this, uh, let us know. Till next time. Rock Candy Mountain, you never have to change your socks. And little streams of alcohol come a trickling through all the rocks. All the railroad bowls at the tip of their hats, and the railroad bowls are all blind. And there's a little lake of stew and a whiskey too, you can paddle all around it.
in your big canoe. I'm the bigger rock candy, my dad. I'm the bigger.